Hello and welcome to the Palais Chaillot, where today we're going to discuss our investment themes. But Guy, first of all, hello. Hi. <laughs> Before we start talking about the investment themes, we should first set the macro context, I think. Let's start, Guy, by talking about current macroeconomic trends. We've seen economic activity be somewhat stronger than expected over the past few months. Does that mean we can expect a soft landing and avoid economic recession in the near future? Well, we think it's a bit early to conclude that. I mean, yes, we think that if there's going to be a recession, it's going to be relatively short-lived and, and relatively moderate in amplitude. But we have to uh, keep an eye really on the economic indicators. It's still likely that we will see a continued weakness in the coming month. What is really important and the reason why we are expecting any recession to be short-lived and moderate is that on the household side, the fact that the job market is in a good shape also suggests that households have a good visibility regarding their income. And that is a really important part and really important characteristic of this type of uh, situation today. So that is really important. I mean, we will have to monitor also uh, to what extent the inflation comes down as we are expecting. But uh, that is really what we think for the coming month. Yeah. Okay, that's fine for the short term, but let's stand back and take a longer term economic perspective, which for our investment themes is really what we're targeting. What do you see in terms of longer term economic trends that then feeds into our investment themes that we're going to talk about today? Yeah, that's very important because as an investor, it's always important to look beyond the short term volatility, including the short term sources of risk as we discussed. The key elements really for the coming years is, well, without any surprise, the reduction of uh, CO2 emissions, so really going towards energy transition. So it's about, one, the alternative sources, the renewable energies, and two, finding ways to use energy in a more efficient way. These are the two really big drivers, and there's going to be a lot of investments, both public investments and private investments. That's a first uh, important dimension. Also, we think that in China, uh, we will be seeing more stimulus coming. That's an important part because China has seen a relatively slow recovery in recent months. And there is a need to see more stimulus there, important for China and for the whole region, and probably also for trade, more generally speaking. And then another important long-term dimension is tackling the issue of uh, scarcity. Uh, and security. I mean, scarcity is about how we can manage to have enough commodities, in particular those commodities, industrial commodities that we need for the energy transition, uh, the battery technologies, for example. Also, when it comes to water, which is also a very big, important theme, uh, water over time. And then a more recent topic, which is um, cybersecurity and how do we deal with the developments of AI and at the same time be able to have sufficient security to make sure that this trend can really take off. So these are really the important uh, things to look at beyond the short-term factors. Now, let's start with the themes. I mean, one uh, theme we introduced more recently in March was a theme about the catching up uh, in the sense that we have some asset classes that have been lagging 
compared to the other markets. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Chinese equities, for example. But there's more than that in terms of uh, catching up, isn't it? Absolutely, Guy. So what is interesting is when we look at the academic research, we find that asset classes and stock markets around the world, which have underperformed for at least two years in a row, typically then do much better and actually outperform for the following year. So in this case, we've looked at asset classes and stock markets around the world that have underperformed both in 2021 and in 2022, and therefore can expect a rebound from 2023 and onwards. The three asset classes we've settled on are firstly within commodities, silver, which has already started to perform well after two poor years, but we think has enormous potential as a store of value firstly, but also because it's a key critical element in the fabrication, in the manufacture of solar panels. So as we expect solar panel demand and manufacturing to continue to explode, industrial demand for silver from solar panels is also going to grow very quickly. And we think that's going to be a big driver of the price of silver going forward. It started to work, but we think there's still a long way to go. The second asset class, again, which underperformed both in 2021 2022, where we see great potential, is an emerging market local currency sovereign bonds. So bonds of governments such as Brazil and Mexico. We like this asset class for several reasons. The first obvious reason is because the starting yield is high, often way over 6%, and that is a very attractive yield in the fixed income universe today. Secondly, we are seeing inflation rates which have already peaked and are coming down quite dramatically in many of these emerging market economies, like, as I've mentioned, Brazil and Mexico, which is going to allow central banks in those countries to reduce their interest rates pretty aggressively from what are today very high levels. That, in turn, boosts the currencies. For instance, the Mexican peso and the Brazilian real are two of the world's best-performing currencies at the moment. We think that this strengthening of the peso and the real will continue. And so, of course, if you're invested in local currency bonds, you benefit not only from the high yield that the bonds give out, but you will also benefit as a dollar-based or euro-based investor from the currency appreciation. And thirdly, Chinese equities. Now, as you've mentioned, Guy, we expect Chinese authorities, both central bank and the government, to continue to stimulate the economy, to generate this rebound in economic growth that we expect to reach around 5%, which, remember, is the official government target for this year. This should be a following wind eventually for Chinese assets, and in particular Chinese shares, which at the moment, having underperformed in 21 and 22, are still very cheap today. So we think a combination of improving economic momentum and therefore improving earnings momentum, combined with a very cheap valuation, make Chinese equities a very interesting proposition today. So a loser becoming, hopefully, eventually a winner through the rest of this year. Let's now move to our second theme, uh, Guy, which you've already sort of mentioned, talking about energy transition and the need to invest in clean tech. Why don't you tell us a little bit about more about why we like this theme so much? Yeah, well, I mean, the first uh, obvious reason is the amount of money that is planned to be invested, both by public investments and private investments. I mentioned these two big dimensions, finding alternative sources, renewable energies, so climate-friendly sources of energy. And here we have to be realistic. I mean, there's not going to be one technology that will uh, be leading all the way. There's going to be a lot of 
technologies that will coexist uh, in the future. And it's not just about electricity, it's also about hydrogen, it's also about biomass, and, and there's plenty others. The second big dimension is about how to use energy in a more efficient way. So it is not only the huge potential to renovate buildings in a way that they you know, use much less energy and there's a huge potential, uh, especially in economies like Europe or the US. And it is also obviously about alternative uh, heating systems. So very big topic very big amounts of money and on a longer period of time. So huge potential, definitely. So finally, the third theme, it's about security and scarcity. We, we touched a bit uh, in the introduction on these ideas about the commodities related to energy, about water, about uh, cyber security. So can you tell us more? Yes, absolutely. In the years before 2020, we have lived, I think, in an era of what we call relative abundance. For instance, money being very cheap to borrow, so financing is very cheap. Um, commodities, both food commodities and energy commodities, very cheap, very abundant. And then since 2020 and 2022, it's all changed. So over the last three years, we are seeing some structural changes occur in the global world order. Firstly, with COVID in 2020, and of course, all the disruptions to supply that COVID caused. And then secondly, in 2022, with the uh, outbreak of conflict in Ukraine. And then we've seen all of the pressures on, for instance, food prices and energy prices that have resulted. So we, I think, have moved from a period of relative abundance of many of these raw materials of financing. And of course, you know, the, the availability of the peace dividend, we had relative peace. Unfortunately, today we are living and we're going to continue to live in a very different world where we see scarcity of a number of raw commodities, whether that be energy, food related or metals related for, as you mentioned, the energy transition, critical battery metals, for instance. We can also talk about security in, for instance, the form of technological security. You've mentioned AI, the growth of AI, the growth, of course, of cloud computing, and unfortunately, the growth of cyber attacks, which seem to multiply day by day. This, in our view, increases the need for greater investment in cybersecurity. In other words, putting up these technological defenses against cyber attacks, this is going to become more and more critical, and we see this as a great avenue for growth in the future. And that's why this uh, rare, the scarcity and security theme is all about these two aspects, investing where the commodities are becoming scarcer and therefore more valuable, but also on the other hand, looking at security, particularly through the view of technological security, technology security and cyber security in order to secure our networks and our data going forwards. So there we have the three themes. And I think what is interesting is if we look at the performance of our investment themes since inception in December last year and March this year, what we can say is that performance has been positive in every case. And in fact, in most cases, has been ahead of the respective benchmark. So on both an absolute basis, we see positive performance, but also on a relative basis. So we expect and we hope that this positive performance trend continues through the rest of this year. And that's why we very much stand by these investment themes. So just one last note, thank you very much for watching. For more information about the themes or implementations, please do feel free to contact your private bankers at BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Or for more information on the themes themselves, please go on the internet and look at our website, Voice of Wealth at BNP Paribas. Thank you very much, and thank you very much, Guy, and goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.